On this episode of the Dudes and Dads podcast, Andy and I are chatting about appropriately distributing freedom to our kids. You're listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lehman. You know what, Joel? What? I'm going to edit that so it says Andy Lehman first. Oh, okay. All and of these years and I'm getting that's, jealous that's, that you're mentioned that's, first. That's, that's true. That's true. I, I thought you wrote the original script when we uh, set that up. I, pr- I actually probably did. But now you're regretting it. Uh, I get it. I get it. It's I'm, fair. You know, five years in, now we've been doing it this way. I, I see why it's probably just slowly been building up listen, within you over time. It, it's okay. The official LLC for Dudes and Dads Media is registered at my address. Thank you. So. That's true. Andy gets all the bills, which is important this time uh, when uh, we're year. getting ready to file the taxes. Dudes and Dads Media, LLC. <laughs> oh, there you go. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hey, welcome back. Welcome, welcome. Uh, it is the month of February, Andy, and you know what that means. Uh, it means that... You and I are leaving Indiana as soon as possible. That is actually, that is both true for both, both of us. Both true for both of us. Uh, Andy's going to be down in sunny Florida. And, well, Andy and, and your lovely wife, Julie. Correct. Because, and, and you're doing a little extended. I'm not going alone. You're not going alone. <laughs> Andy's just leaving for Florida. He said, sorry, family. <laughs> I'm leaving. Daddy needs I'm son. I'm out. I'm going. <laughs> uh, you're headed down, obviously, uh, going to be uh, handling some important, uh, the, some important technical needs for, a, for an event that you're doing, a conference down there. But in addition to that, Andy, you shared some really special news. You're, you're making this trip a little bit longer. We are. It is our 20th wedding anniversary this year. So beautiful. And so we are taking some extra time Mm -hmm. and we are spending it together. You're going to Disney it up, aren't you? I am. Nice. It is. Just as adults, too. As just the two of us, and it's going to be great. There's no shame in it. I, uh, this past June, fortunately enough, our our national agency, uh, we had our conference out in Anaheim, and they sent all of us to an after, like a late hours, uh, Disneyland adventure and yes. it was great and I you know what I will say just as as there were just adults walking around Disneyland and I thought to myself this is okay too <laughs> you don't have you don't have to do this just I wasn't pushing a stroller <laughs> I wasn't trying to keep track of people like yeah it was great well yeah and, and I'm looking forward to it too just spending some extra time with Julie and the nice thing about this is like we were just there not that long ago mm-hmm. and so we kind of have this we have an idea yes. of what we want to do. Yes, a strategy. Right, a, stra- a strategy, if you will. So that's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. Good. Yeah, so Andy's headed for sunny Florida. I'm headed for sunny, we hope sunny, and recently very rainy, but hopefully it's cleared up uh, Tucson, Arizona. Okay. We're going to get some baseball, uh, we're going to get a baseball tournament in down there. So really looking forward. It is around this time of year. It's right around mid-February every year, Andy, where I just really start to feel the need for sunshine. Uh, we've had a lot of clouds. Uh, it, it was clearer today. We've had a couple of clear days, but my gosh, the perma clouds were very intense. Ridiculous. Ridiculously will. intense. And uh, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta go. You just gotta say, I don't, uh, I gotta call in, call in the support. Whoever's got to come and, and take care of everybody else. I, I've got a head for, the vitamin D. So that's what we're going to do. We're looking forward to it. Uh, Andy, um, excited for our conversation. 
Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good one tonight. Uh, like you said, we, we were talking a little bit about cutting the cord and not on the the uh, cable TV, but yeah, actually don't, cutting, don't cut that cutting the umbilical cord, if you will. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, but first, Dudes and Dads podcast is supported by Everance, dedicated to providing financial solutions through asset management, charitable giving, banking, and other services. More at everance.com slash Michiana. Securities offered by, through Concourse Financial Group, Securities Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Thank you, Andrew. Um, so, Andy, uh, I, my wife had this conversation. We had this conversation uh, this, this evening, actually, about uh, uh, some, some things, some recent things uh, in, in our life, in the life of our, our children. We've, we've had one of those, um, oh, how shall I put it? experiences where you realize you're like, Oh yes, my kids are definitely getting older. They are definitely thinking, uh, about new things, new opportunities, and they are definitely, uh, requesting either directly or indirectly more freedoms. Okay. Yeah. In their life. And sometimes as a parent, you want to say to yourself, I'm ready. I'm ready to, you know, I'm not, I'm not hovering over my kid. I'm not overly controlling their life. I'm not trying to manage every single piece. You want to really, really believe that. And then they push that button. They push the button. They push the button. And you say to yourself, I don't know if I'm ready for this. I thought I was ready, but I don't know if I'm ready for this. And you do feel the sense of wanting to regain some control, perhaps, mm-hmm. or, or kind of come back in and, and tidy things up a little bit. Oh, yeah. So, uh, and then Jackie said uh, to me last night as we were, or this evening as we were talking, I, she said, you know, it also feels like the older, there's, there's some sort of tipping point where, you know, I don't know, 13, 14, something like that, like as they're approaching high school, where the amount of freedom, she feels like the amount of freedom, I think I'm articulating this correctly, um, that, that freedom, <laughs> the freedom bell curve, whatever, just really starts taking off where you, you were introducing throughout their childhood, adolescence, you know, increased small freedoms, giving them more space to kind of make decisions for themselves. But then all of a sudden it, the momentum of all of that really takes off. Yeah. And we're, you know, now it's, they are, I don't even know if they're necessarily asking, but you're definitely feeling that. Like you have more and more opportunities or occasions where you have to say yes or no to something like, like, yes, yes, it's okay if you go and do this thing or if you, or if you start add this to your routine or whatever, where I'm not in direct proximity to you. Right. Or no, it's not okay. And you're, and that's like the frequency of that seems to kind of get going, uh, uh, faster and faster. And so you get, you you can feel like you're unprepared, feel like you're, you're caught up. So as Andy and I have been talking, approaching this show, uh, Andy has, uh, well, you've got, you've got Micah who's, who's staring right down the barrel. Right. Of, <laughs> of full blown adulthood. <laughs> uh, for real. Well, he turned, he turned 18 in December. Yeah. And yeah, that's, it's, it's one of those things that has really got me thinking lately too, because I've seen, you know, I want to, I want to let him make his decisions. Right. And he is 18. But also, and he reminds you of that. Yes, yes. Uh, But also, as a parent, I think that I, I still struggle with letting him 
make those decisions. Um, I think I think for me actually it was easier once he turned eighteen because then I was like, okay, he's eighteen. Yeah. Um, I should actually let go. <laughs> so, well, and I mean, because there's there's an expectation, right, of like, like society, quote unquote, right, holds holds him to a, a certain standard or a level of you know, right. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember when I turned. Uh, or turned 18 i had this awareness i think my dad explained it to me somehow i had this awareness of like uh like i could i could get in real trouble for things <laughs> <laughs> right yeah you know the the way i would be uh handled within the legal system was a little bit different you know not that i was out causing all kinds of trouble but there, but, but you, there, yeah. yeah like but again the consequences the implications of reaching a certain age oh and, yeah and you know it's 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 different what what has been for for you guys? And I think thinking of thinking of Micah, while I'm thinking of Eli, who's you know not not too not too far mm-hmm. behind. What what have the conversations been with you and Julie about, like how you decide when when to sort of loosen the reins a little bit on mm-hmm. something, or 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 have you have you done that at a time where you have, and then you've regretted that or had to pull back a little where it was it was too much or maybe not enough and you had to adjust like obviously it is nothing but adjustment like that feels right it feels like what our life is like it's just it's all just a bunch of adjustments no i mean i think i think that it's been i think i'm i not think i know that i'm i was more tight on the reins Mm -hmm. as far as like no i want you to do this i'm i'm the parent uh and and where Julie was a little bit more appropriate in her, like, okay, they need to make some decisions yeah. on their own and they yeah. may fail. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think, like I said, I think being when he's been eight, you know, since he's been 18, it's been a little bit easier for me because I've been able to say, okay, no, like you are 18. Mm-hmm. Um, make those decisions on your own. Um, you mentioned constant, like, I think getting at the idea of that there's consequences mm-hmm. now. Um, well, yeah, and not saying that he's like, oh, hell, like just, oh, there's been all these, <laughs> these dire consequences. But there, I mean, consequences are good and bad consequences, right? There's sort of the world's pushback mm-hmm. uh, or a response to what we what we do, the choices, mm-hmm. the choices we make, and we feel those more more directly. Have you have you been concerned about like it? Like your hesitancy is it is it a concern with consequence? Like because of consequences or no? I I. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think so. I think for me it's more of just seeing just allowing him to to make those decisions on his own. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like like up until now I guess for me I didn't want to see him fail anything. Sure. Right. And that's uh, as a and, and what parent does, right? Right, right. Yeah. But at the same time allow them to make their own decisions. Yep. Um and so for me it's been especially hard I think as as he's getting older. Now, I, I do say this, Joel. I think that it's helped a little bit since he started driving, too. Oh, sure. Because, yeah. uh, like, those things, I mean, that's one of those, those times where, as a driver, you ha- he's making his own decisions in there, and I'm not necessarily going to be there yep. every time he's making those decisions. And right. I had to let go, and that was hard. Even, Ugh. like, when he got his license, that was yeah. hard yeah. to go, okay, and watch him drive away. Yeah. Uh, without us in the car. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah. the very first day he drove himself to school, it was a pretty big deal. And it's like, 
wanted to bring some tears to y- your eyes, right? Well, and and like, <laughs> I, I'm not to freak you out because obviously you've thought of all well, these things, right? But like, there's so much that can happen. Oh, right, right. Like, there's all these possibilities. Yes, right. And you, I just right now, like, I I so appreciate this the season that your guys are in, and we're walking we're walking it for you is what you're saying. Yeah, because well, because I. Like I have a lot of, I have a fair amount of anxiety about, about that. Like I, I really, I really do. And I can't, and I'm wondering, I am wondering, uh, if our parents felt, felt, you know, I just wondered if they felt it to the same degree or is like our anxiousness about those kind of those milestones. Is is it different? I just wonder if it's Mm. different in our generation. Oh, and here's what I think though. I think that as we grew up, I mean, definitely things were different, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, we were driving our, I almost said our motorcycles, not our motorcycles, our bicycles. We thought they were motorcycles, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, around town and, yes. and things were like today. Yeah. Well, for one, I don't live in a place. I mean, my kids ride them up and down our road, but we sure. live in the middle of the country. Yeah. But even for for you guys, your kids probably drive them around the neighborhood, but they're not riding across town in Goshen, are they? No. Not yeah. Yet. See, and, no. and that's, that's at, at, you know, at Aaron's age, your oldest, I was doing that already. And, and it's it's so funny because we, uh, gosh, this past summer the boys had an opportunity, uh, I can't remember, to to ride their bikes down to to school. Mm-hmm. And you guys don't live super far. It's from not the far that no. way. But you know, and I like they've got to go out on the they've got to be out on the county road for a little for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, like the level I just realized it's like the level of thought and hesitation I had about that was like. A little much like it was, you know, it's like, well, doggone it. They've got to ride their bikes sooner or later because right, because they're now like they're going, they want to go like they want to go to the park and they want to go and do stuff like that when I don't always have the where it's like either I can't do that right now, but if you guys want to, you can. Right. So you're giving. Yeah, you're giving them some freedom. And and that's the same thing. Like, I think, you know, for us, I would say it's really helped. Like, yeah, again, Going back to to that was really just the start of it. Is Micah? Um, we, obviously, he's our oldest, so that's where it starts mm-hmm. all the time. But and I mean, obviously, every kid is a little bit different. You know, there are some things that I trust. You know, other kids, you know, yeah. some of my other kids with differently yeah. than I do others, just because the way that their, their nature is. Yep. Um, if you're listening, guys, it's not that I don't trust you. Um, <laughs> that's not what I said. Don't hear that. Yeah. Uh, but but it so it started with the driving, right? Yeah. And and then. Also, giving them freedom in making decisions what they wanted to spend their money with. And so, oh, sure, yeah. And so, again, we've, we've mentioned it before. Yeah. We do have the green light card, and that's mm-hmm. been great for, for them because it allows us to say you have these chores to do, and you have, you can easily on your phone see what money you have in your bank account. You can spend that. You can move that around to savings and spending. And we talk, we've talked to them about, you know, like, we want you to save. We want you to, you know, donate, you know, do your whole tithe type thing mm-hmm. to the church or some, some, something that you, uh, you know, a ministry that you feel yeah. is important, but it may not, doesn't necessarily have to be the church. Yep. Right. Um, but, but we've also talked about that. And so it, 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 like I said, it started with them driving, but then now because each one of the, each, all of our kids, even, even Hattie has her own card. And it's like, if you guys want to spend that money, that's fine. You have it, mm-hmm. but, and then we remind them, you know, we are going on this trip or this trip or something that we, like, if you get there and don't have any money, I'm sorry, I'm not going to buy you your 
gift because you had the money. Right. And yeah. so, so, so it kind of started there and has moved it, it. So for us, it's been easier to kind of let go in that aspect because they've now had some, the ability to make their own decisions on what they want. And, and that's been, that's been good too, because it's, it's, a, it's helped me to let them make some of those decisions. And then for me to also say, okay, I don't necessarily agree with the, what you bought or, you know, like how you spent your money, but this is a good to know. Like these are things you should have maybe thought of beforehand. Um, now you got to figure out how to get extra money or how to get the money for what you want. So yeah, that's kind of, I guess for us. Yeah. I, um, I'm just thinking a lot about, uh, their other, uh, like uh freedoms and their friendships and and relationships like particularly as uh i just because i i know this is this is coming this is on the horizon like the whole boyfriend girlfriend mm-hmm. thing right and um you know number one obviously setting our expectations being very clear about our expectations boundaries all of those sort of things in those relationships but then also um, like they've got to learn how to interact with, you know, our boys have to inter- learn how to interact mm-hmm. respectfully and appropriately with girls at some point. Right. And they need, and, and I want, uh, and I want that to be, yes. Like right now we're a little bit more like the, the boundaries are closer, right there, you know, and, but I, I hopefully am not going to be interacting with them the same way on that topic when they're 18 as I am when they're 14. Sure. Right. Well, well you hope that they've, they've taken some of your values and some of your advice, yeah. but then they're 18 yeah. that, that, that you can let some of that go. Cause again, they're <laughs> making that decision because they are 18 at that point. Right. And, uh, and, and our role, you know, our role and this, I've heard this from so many, from so many people, a lot of, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of clinical folks that are that really have a lot of specialty in adolescent development and things. You know, you're really you really are trying to move in those later t- teen years to being the friend and mentor role, and and far less the you know the super, the constant supervisory mm-hmm. parent. And if you're still if you're still in that um, if you're still in a high hover mode, you know, over your over your kids, like, like there are there are some. We, we don't think about this. There really are some negative, like some serious negative effects that come from that long-term into, into young adulthood. Um, and so that's, that's the thing that like, I'm just looking, I think looking forward to and trying to be aware of is, you know, we've all seen under like under parenting, right? Right. The super hands-off approach just, you know, it's like giving a kid just a loaded gun and just saying, Hey, yeah, whatever, you know, just go, just go do, right. what you, do what you will. Um, that's irresponsible. Parents though, who, who err on the other side probably, or and would probably say like, Hey, I'm going to be a responsible parent. I'm going to make sure that I am. I have a, I have a clear presence in my kid's life mm-hmm. and the managing of their decisions for as long as possible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and to a certain degree too, you know, there's a concern and, and parents, I get this. I feel it. There is a concern. I don't want to see harm come to my kid. 
right? right. I don't yeah. want to have them experience bad things. Um, but the the truth of it is is that that is part of the that's part of the learning the learning curve um you know and andy as always i do like to search out a few scholarly articles <laughs> on on this topic of, of course of right course. right right so uh, there's a couple of them that i i just uh i just pulled from there was an interesting um and usually i just like read the abstracts of these kind of scholarly papers just because they gives a summary of what they of what they find there was a 2013 uh uh, article entitled uh, "Helping or Hovering: The Effects of Helicopter Parenting on College Students' Well-Being," and so this is what the study is: is it it follows kind of um, did a survey of these college students and basically asked the kind of parenting style that was used, mm-hmm. and then what the results, the psychological results and impact of that parenting style were once they left the house and had to go into college, and you know, then man, college you're making all these decisions for yourself all right. of a sudden you're like very like I remember my freshman year of college <laughs> having this clear like I could do whatever I wanted right now and there's no one here to tell me different like now there might be some consequences to this good or bad or whatever but but really have all of a sudden just kind of awakening to your own agency a little bit right right and and that's when the you know we find that we find that happens in college and so this this article um uh reports this says uh parental involvement is related to many positive child out- outcomes but if not developmentally appropriate could be associated with higher levels of child anxiety and depression few studies have examined the effects of over controlling parenting or helicopter parenting in college students some studies have found that college students are over of over controlling parents report feeling less satisfied with family life and have lowered levels of psychological well-being. This study examines self-determination theory as the potential underlying mechanism explaining this relationship. College students completed measures of helicopter parenting, autonomy, supportive parenting, depression, anxiety, satisfaction with life, and basic psychological needs satisfaction. Students who reported having over-controlling parents uh, reported significantly higher levels of depression and less satisfaction with life. Furthermore, the negative effects of helicopter parenting on college students' well-being were largely explained by the perceived violation of students' basic psychological needs for autonomy and competence. So these these young people felt like they couldn't have really any sense of whether they knew they knew anything, like okay. like, a, like enough on their own. Mm. So this the sense of competence you you've touched on this um the the sense that like for micah or any of your kids Mm -hmm. that hey if i'm not here you still know what to do Mm -hmm. like you you know so there is a i've imported my you you know my values you know what we value here we know how we how we do Mm -hmm. life here now now when i'm not here that you have the that you have the, the skills to navigate those things on your own and that you know that you can. And if you know that you can, the positive psychological right. effects that come from that. Right. Well, I, I think too, that, you know, you've been given trust ahead of time. I mean, like, you know, obviously we've all broken our parents trust, but I can't say all of us. I, I know I have, <laughs> but you may be different No, but, <laughs> but for, but for that, the fact that, you know, because I have, I mean, like I've, I've been able to be trusted and I've been able to make my own decisions while I'm still at home. 
while I'm still experiencing my parents going, uh, okay, but like the, the chances then of me when I'm away of me making good decisions in their eyes is, is going to be better mm-hmm. because again, like you said, they've instilled their, their values in me and I've had that opportunity to make those choices on my own. And so when I go away, the, the chance of me going, Oh, I'm in college. I'm in college. I'm in college. I can do whatever I want. is yeah, going to yeah. be less. I mean, you're going to still get a little bit of that. Yep. But it's going to be a lot less. You're going to know that there's still responsibility. You're going to, you're less likely, I think, to feel of going, okay, I'm just going to do whatever I want because you're going to know there are consequences, even though my parents aren't here to, to, to administer those consequences, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and you know, these, the, uh, the helicopter parenting phenomenon I mean, it really, it comes, it comes again, it comes often from a place of, um, I want to believe it can come from a a place of, uh, of good intentions of of a desire to see our kids succeed and to help usher them through, uh, the, the, the research, however, says, and what the common experience of all this is, is that it actually accomplishes the very opposite of what a parent, what a parent desires. And you know, and again, that, that image of a helicopter parent, right? So constantly hovering over their kid, managing, sure. managing their decisions. Uh, the number of stories that I have heard of, like when we're talking about college age students here, once they, you know, they've grown up under that helicopter parenting, um, the number of stories that are out there of parents coming to their kids, like um, uh, college interviews, like in sitting down in mm. what is, what is designed to be a conversation between administrators and admission staff and the student and the parent is sitting there asking the questions, doing, doing the talking, you know, overseeing that, you know, overseeing that, that whole uh, phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, can you imagine, and I'm sure this, I'm, I'm sure this has happened. In fact, I know I've heard stories about this too, of out in the HR world, um, parents sitting in on their kids, like first job interview. Um, sure. Like being, being a part of, of that process. Now I will tell you if I'm interviewing someone whose parent is sitting down next to them, <laughs> they're probably not going to get, the they're job. not going to get the job. That's, <laughs> that's red flag, red, red flag. Um, but yeah, I, uh, again, was reading in, um, uh, reason it's reason magazine here. They have an article that came out was the, Back in, let's see here, it was back in October of this past year. Um, and this is, they were discussing some results of another, and I'll, I'll find it here what study it was. But um, the article reads that uh, young people are suffering an explosion of mental health issues. The fact that they are is no secret. Anxiety and depression are through the roof, and social scientists are scrambling to find a cause so that whatever is driving kids over the edge can be undone. Extensive use of social media and electronic devices exacerbated by the isolation of pandemic era lockdowns has taken much of the blame. But recent research says that psychological distress more likely results from depriving kids of unsupervised freedom. That's a larger problem that could take longer to fix. From 2009 to 2017, major depression amongst 20 to 21 year olds more than doubled, rising from 7 to 15%. Dang. 
uh, Jean Tweenage, a professor of psychology at San Diego State University, wrote in 2019. Depression surged 69% among 16 to 17-year-olds. Serious psychological distress, which include feelings of anxiety and hopelessness, jumped 71% amongst 18 to 25-year-olds from 2008 to 2017. This is pre-pandemic years. By 2017, one out of five 12 to 17-year-old girls had experienced major depression in the previous year. The situation worsened during the isolation of the pandemic lockdowns. 46% of students say their, uh, of parents say their teen has shown signs of new or worsening mental health condition uh, since the start of the pandemic in March of 2020, according to the universe, uh, according to a university of Michigan survey. So they, they have these, this whole conversation um, around, you know, what's, what's really going on that social media has been blamed a lot for this. What they come back with, however, is to say that social media that they're looking and saying, actually it, there's a good, a heavy correlation of between the patterns of behavior and over supervision and over, over parenting. Um, and that that phenomenon drives kids to social media because in social media, they have some level of self autonomy, right? They're, they're in control there. Right. They have the control because they can, they can speak with what they want. Their kid, their parents aren't aware necessarily of what they're right. doing in right. it, in it either. They're so. kind of the captain of that unit. You know, they're right. the master of that universe a right. little bit. And, and their parents, as I have often found and, 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 you know, tried to keep up, but you know, we're not native speakers to so much of that. And there's, uh, so there's whole new horizons and things that they can be involved in. And they really are in control that, you know, that we can't, we don't quite feel like we can catch mm-hmm. up with. Um, in a 2022 Pew Research survey of teens, 35% reported using social media almost constantly. The convergence of deteriorating youth mental health and technology inevitably attracts political tension. GOP presidential hopeful uh, Vivek Rush, uh, he, Ramaswamy, sorry, always, his name is challenging, um, which he's no longer, this is no longer a uh, presidential hopeful, but uh, nevertheless, uh, he he wants to ban social media use for those under six under age sixteen. This was a major platform. Oh, interesting. For him. Yeah, but what if compulsive use of smartphones and TikTok is more of a symptom than a cause? And then it kind of goes mm. into this whole, um, you know, the focused looking into social media to describe what's you know the cause of this of these mental health concerns, but really. Um, it coming down to a loss of independence. Um, as their paper titles suggest, the authors attribute the rise of youth mental health problems to increasing supervision, loss of freedom, and overprotectiveness. Mm. What is often referred to as helicopter parenting. The authors cite evidence uh, that play is essential to children's well being and that play like activity appears to be the most satisfying. Uh, uh, and to fit most closely with the children's own concept of play when it occurs away from adult oversight and inter- intervention. We've talked a lot about this with the nature of sports today. Um, uh, un- unorganized uh, play of any sport is, is almost unheard of now. You have, now you have adults organizing children's play right right in almost every sect in almost every sector right so you don't we don't have as many people just going out and shooting hoops out in the yard uh, yeah, exactly or, or going down to the up, playground and you know pickup game but right. but again that that some of that could be from just the i mean i think mm-hmm. all of it 
it stems not all of it. I think a lot of it stems back to the our, the nature that I was talking about earlier, though. Mm-hmm. Like our world just isn't as open. And again, I don't know. I'm maybe I'm blaming social media for that, and 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 the internet and the the yep. the instant like we we know now that there's pedophiles out there. I mean, we knew that before, right? right? Like my parents weren't dumb, right? They knew that that there were people looking to do harm, harm, harm kids, right? But because of the fact that that now we see it so much and we know that there's some in the same town or in the similar town or right. town over, like we know that more. And so I think that, that we as parents have become more protective right. and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Right. I mean, I, I think we, I mean, obviously need to protect our kids, Yeah. but at the same time, so I think, I think some of that free playtime yeah. that we right. were talking about before well, doesn't you, exist as much yeah because you're like well what else do i where else do i need to be looking to protect my children right what what other dangers are out there that i was previously unaware of and and those are those are those are definitely <laughs> definitely real concerns of things mm-hmm. that i've i've definitely felt um uh this also, and that I've I've heard this a lot from parents these days with regard to we've talked a lot about driver's licenses and the yeah. free, freeing kids up. Um, the article states here that driver's licenses are harder to come by for teens than in the past, limiting mobility. In 1984, nearly half of America's 16 year olds could drive legally. As of 2021, a quarter could. Uh, work rules and minimum wages restrict employment opportunities for teens. Curtailing options and freedom for kids is uh, often done in the name of keeping kids safe, but it involves bad trade-offs. Mm. Um, it, I know lots of young people who are pushing off. They're just not excited about getting their li- their license. Yeah. They're not, you know, those those sort of things in the same way but but okay so going <laughs> i'm tying this all back yeah, to, yeah. The, to the world being worse and, I, and i'm not trying to be a, a doomsday person but really honestly though i mean joel for look at it for for you and i yeah like we we couldn't wait to get out and get our license so we could go to the mall we could do whatever kids these days i mean don't need to do that they have all their right. friends right here right if they need to shop they open up amazon right they bring it here right it, you know they're, they're able to to get what they need here on this phone right and so there's no need for them to go out and, and have the freedoms of a job and a freedoms of you know i mean yes they can go see their friends but at the same time like again their friends are they're i'm saying this in yeah, air quotes yeah, yeah. Their, yeah. their friends are, are here. here on this phone right and, and yeah, and that's the uh, yeah. So what's what's the rush? the 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 fact is, though, you, you know, you are exercising a considerable more amount of autonomy and self self decision making when you when you get in the car and go places, right? Correct. And, right. Correct. Well, and I I mean I've thought of this recently. I was like, okay, how. We I didn't have a cell phone and I I, I literally was driving my me and my sisters sister <laughs> to a concert in Springfield Illinois or yeah. something like that like yeah. three hours away yep and I I didn't have a uh I didn't have a GPS Google wasn't there telling me which way to turn yeah and I'm 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 bad of that right now I'm like yeah. right now I'm like okay if I don't exactly know the best way to get to somewhere across town yeah you know what I'm doing I'm pulling up Google and I'm yeah. <laughs> right. I'm chatting on Google so right. I remember, I still remember um, going to my first, uh, one of the, f- well, um, 
back in the day, the Vans Warped Tour. Remember going oh, yeah, there yeah. with mm-hmm. with with friends uh, in Chicago, and like I think it was like, man, I was a freshman. <laughs> My first one was a freshman in high school, going with some upperclassmen. Like my mom let me do that. Thanks, mom. By the way, because it was <laughs> it was it was a memory. It's a I I think that went a total of three times. I mean, it was it's significant for me. But I look at that now. I'm like, would I let my kid like next year right. get in the car and drive to Chicago? And drive right. to Chicago. Well, and- but but here's the thing. I think that has helped me a little bit. So this last year, Micah had a job that he was building building pole barns. Yeah, he was a real job, <laughs> right? And like. He was, he was going early in the morning and he was driving sometimes up to Michigan. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of times he was riding with people too, yeah. but you know, he was driving up to South Bend, driving, you know, down to Warsaw, driving, like he was driving these places that, that he didn't even know where he was like the night before. <laughs> I didn't even know. Like I'd look at live 360 and be like, Oh, he's, you know, somewhere away. Like, yeah. and so that's helped me kind of, kind of loosen up on that a little bit. But I think that you n- nailed it on the head there, Joel, when you said, those memories that we look back on, like yeah. when I get together with my sister and her husband, what are the memories that we're talking about? The times that we drove, you know, yep. in, in the middle of the night, one Saturday night, we decided to go out an hour and a half to our church camp just because we could and lay under the stars. Like yeah. just the stupid stuff like that. Right. But things that made the memories that, that I'm hoping my kids have the memories that they can look back and do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And those are so many of those memories. I mean, to the point are things that were not being supervised or managed by our parents. Right. Right. Dumb stuff, dumb stuff, some great stuff, some not so great stuff, but that's part of, that's part of growing up. I, I think the, yeah, I mean the, the research I think as it's emerging is it's, it's interesting that, we have a lot of uh, people that in their adolescent life that have uh, have are having some bad bad experiences because of their parents have been overly involved in their life, and it, it's creating it's creating some serious roadblocks for them psychologically. Their mental health is deeply mm-hmm. affected, um, and they're all saying basically because I ultimately because I didn't have the means to gain confidence about my own about my own choices. Um, and really the only way that's way, I mean, any of us, like in a job, the way we gain confidence in our own competency is to try stuff. Some of it works, some of it doesn't. And we learn if that opportunity is taken from us, um, by our, by our parent, then, um, yeah, we have elongated adolescence. We have delayed, uh, delayed learning. And then when more responsibility is put upon us, and we don't feel like we can measure up to the level of responsibility because I always, because my handler always, <laughs> de- always dealt with us, mm-hmm. right? We d- like our kids don't know what to do. And so, so that's the one side and, and parents like, I, I golly, I feel this, I feel this tension. We're told that if we under parent, we're irresponsible and setting our kids up for all kinds of emotional distress and all kinds of things. And now we're also told if we over parent, the same thing. It's like the same. Right. It's, it's the a same thing, thing will happen. Right? But but as I want you to know, you're doing a good job. Yeah. Right. Like like yeah. We we all make mistakes. Like I think if I look back on on my parenting for all all of my kids, yeah. and, and granted, I'm not anywhere near done parenting. You know, I know it every time we get together with my sister and her husband, they're like, we're almost empty nesters. You guys have a, we're it. close, and I'm like, I know we've got a few more years. But, yeah. But no, like it's one of those things. Like you're doing a good job, but 
I want to hear from you. If you can call our voicemail line at 574-213-8702. I want to hear what your thoughts on this parenting thing is. Like how, yeah, are, how are you doing? Yeah, it? How, like what's, how, what's working? What's not? Yeah. Yeah. And, and ultimately, you know, um, the, the way we don't even know that we're so, sometimes we get immediate feedback on this, but we really don't ultimately know how, how we're succeeding on this until it actually gets tested out in the, in the world of, of their own, of their own independence. Mm-hmm. Right. Like when you see, you know, I'm, I'm, as I'm, as I'm thinking about Aaron and, and like, I'm just, I'm having a lot of these experiences, Andy, and you've, you have already walked this road of like, it's just getting realer and realer. Like I have him here for four more years, you right. know, and then that four will be to two and then it'll be down. It'll be down to one. And then it's going to be, Oh, what's, what's next. Right. And I think that's been one of the scariest things for me with Micah being 18 is I've realized like he's 18. We, he's still a junior this year. So mm-hmm. we ha- like, he'll be in school living at home yep. one more year. Yep. But after that, like, I don't know where he's going to end up. Yeah. And I know he's going to do a great job wherever he's at. Absolutely. But, but I am also realizing that as a parent, I only have essentially one and a half more years of time to invest in him. Yeah. At this, at at, this level, at at this this level where we're, where we're, where we're more on a parent son relationship as opposed to a, I mean, he's always going to be my son, but where, where that relationship turns more to a peer as a peer. Yep. Um, yeah, so that's that's been tough. Joel, what are your takeaways from this? Here's the deal. I just think um we <laughs> we 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 need to be able to support each other as parents. We need to come alongside of each other and remind each other that we're doing the best that we can and that there is no uh there's not a manual to this to this thing. And um you know, when here's here's the we've we've said this in various ways various times in the show, but here's what I want to encourage you. If you see um, a parent out there who's really just trying their best and you see their kid doing good stuff, tell them, mm. tell them, hey, I man, I love to see when your kid does this or this or this or hey, I, maybe you didn't know, but I heard him have this conversation mm-hmm. with, with one of their you know teammates or, 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 or friends or whatever. And I was just really, really impressed by mm-hmm. it or, you know help help each other affirm that their kid is capable and competent to do really, really cool things in life. Um, and mm-hmm. let the, the other people that are, that are not, not a biased parent, but are just a, are, are, are an outside person looking in um, that, that perspective can be so helpful. So I would just say, if you, if you have friends who have kids who are, you know, are in those years where, man, they're, they're kind of gaining further into, you know, further uh, independence and they're growing up, they're making their way through adolescence. Um, let's all be on the same team together. Let's, let's cheer each other on. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. What about for you, Andy? What's, uh, what's the big one for you? What, what are you thinking about now? I think for me, my main thing is just, investing and letting my kids know how much they're loved, but also being able to step back. And unfortunately I think that the other kids are going to have a different experience than what Micah had Mm -hmm. because I'm going to, I'm going to see the importance of, of giving him 
that freedom and that ability. So I'm going to, unfortunately the first kids always yeah, get right. screwed, right? Yeah, that's right. They're, they're, yeah. they're the guinea pig, right? We'll, we'll think we'll tune some things right. in after that. Yeah. And, and it just, un, unfortunately that's what happens, but, but yeah, that's, that's really my takeaway is just having, just being able to take and have my kids experience the, the freedom. I'm going to give them, yeah. I want to try to give them more freedom as far as making their own decisions. Um, well, they're still under, under my roof. Cause I think that yeah. that's one of the big things that, that hit me in our conversation tonight is, yeah. is if they're allowed to make those mistakes now and make them gracefully. Yeah. Then in college or when they move, not whatever they choose to do after yeah. high school, they're more likely to mi- yeah. Do it. I don't want to say do it right, but you right. know what I mean? Right. Like they're, they're they more can likely feel, to, they can feel safe now. They can feel safer. Right. Now. Um, uh, even, even if we're, you know, even if we are appropriately parenting, I mean, that's gonna, that's gonna happen to the right level. Um, but yeah, the, the stakes get higher as life goes on and, uh, yeah, like, um, we got to figure it out. So we got to figure some things out sooner or later and better to figure them out sooner than, than, than later than later for sure. <laughs> Oh man, good conversation. Yes, Andy. it is, Joel. Yes, it is. Uh yeah. So guys, with that, uh just go love your kids. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. And go tell them that you like them and that you love them. That's good too. Let them let them uh yeah, let them struggle a little bit, right? Yeah. Um guys, hey, as always, we're uh, so grateful for each and every one of you listening in. You can head over to Dudes and Dads podcast dot com for all the show notes uh, past episodes uh let me also just include um hey make sure that you're liking and sharing uh that's helpful too if you get enjoyment out of our episodes consider supporting us go to dudesanddadspodcast.com slash support and we like hearing back from you feedback from you too so call our voicemail line 574-213-8702 hey guys it's been a pleasure being with you can't wait to talk next time on the show and until then we wish you grace and peace